0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: And welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. And my name is Jeff Figgs. I am the pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in northern Colorado. I do invite you to call in. You just heard that number where you can be on the show. Call in early. Uh, as soon as the phone start uh, calls start coming in, uh, we're going to go to the phone line. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and so call early when those lines are all open right now. All open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. If you're new to Calvary Live, you may be wondering what that text line is all about. It is another way for you to be able to communicate a question or a prayer request to us on the program through texting. It is for texting only. Always be safe when you're texting and no one answers that uh, number Uh, you won't get a message back uh, but we will uh, certainly use it during this hour uh, as we have time between the calls to be able to um, answer your questions and to pray for you and that's what calvary live is all about it is a program where this hour i the host will be able to talk with you as you call that call in number again open lines 303-690-3000. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You can ask your questions about the Bible or uh, Christian living or what's our view as Christians and the things going on around us. There's a lot that is going on around us, and we want to have a proper worldview, biblical worldview, uh, of these things that we see and to be able to be strong in the Lord as we see it and be wise in the Lord, and to be able to minister to others and to be a light. So give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I want to welcome everyone who's listening live on Grace FM, two stations in Colorado, along the front range from Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs, 101.7. Always love to hear from you guys in Southern Colorado. Got so many friends and good memories down there in Southern Colorado, so I'd love to talk with you. Give me a call And then 89.7 here in in northern Colorado. And just love to be able to uh, talk with you as well as Grace FM reaches up into uh, southern Wyoming, Cheyenne and Laramie. So give me a call at that number I just gave you, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. And then also I want to welcome all those who are listening live, Radio by Grace, a number of stations, uh, 78 I believe. Uh, across many states, give me a call. You're listening live as well on this Tuesday, the 6th of June, a very beautiful day here in Colorado. Starting to feel like summer. We've had a cool spring. Uh, We've had a wet spring. And uh, today actually felt good seeing some sun and uh, having the sun come out. Uh, We're doing a vacation Bible school uh, out in uh, Island Grove Park, a major park here in Weld County, and uh, it was good just to have that that sunshine out. But Radio by Grace, give me a call as well. And then those of you who are listening online or on the Grace FM app, uh, we want to welcome you as well. You can call anywhere in the United States at 303-690-3000. Is that call-in number? Text line 720-336-0897. And want to welcome those of you who are week-delayed, That is Hope FM, Truth FM, all on the East Coast, Higher Rock Radio in uh, Idaho, and then Living Waters Radio. You guys have just joined us uh, on Calvary Live. Uh, You too can call and love to hear from you there in Texas, Corpus Christi. Uh, Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Let's go to Linda in Colorado.
4: Hi. Hi, Linda. How are you? I am great. I'm sitting out here on my patio enjoying that wonderful weather you were just talking about.
3: I know. It's finally starting to feel a little bit like summer, and (laughs) I think we're all ready for it, a little break in the rain.
4: Oh, I'm a farmer. I want rain.
3: Oh, yeah. I know. So it's called liquid sunshine, right?
4: Uh, Or liquid gold, either way.
3: (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, thanks for calling. What can I do for you?
4: Oh, I go around and around in circles over the issue of women in leadership positions, specifically women as pastors. Mm -hmm. And I hear verses that support it, and I hear verses that are against it, and I'm just not sure what I—I'm not really sure what I believe, and I need some help in figuring this out.
3: Well, I think that the Scripture does give us guidance to where we don't have to be confused about it. And— I think where the confusion comes in, you use two words, leadership, and then you also use pastor. When it yeah. comes to the role the, um, of the pastor, I believe that the Bible teaches us that that's reserved for men. Um, we have in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that the elder, um, which is the shepherd, the bishop, the overseer, the, they're all interchangeable terms. Is to be the husband of one wife, uh, so we see that the men are called to be in that position as the pastor, as the overseer. Uh, so that's pretty clear. Titus uh, also gives the same thing. Uh, so in that position of of a pastor, um, we we see the men. At least that's what we do here at Calvary Chapel, uh, and the men are to be teaching uh, the congregation and. It doesn't mean, though, when it comes to leadership, that here's where I think that the, the, um, the thing to remember is women do have ministry. Um, the, young, the older women are to admonish the younger women. Um, there are women that uh, here at Calvary Chapel, and I was just going to comment on this, that we have women that play a very important role here at Calvary Chapel. We're, we're doing a vacation Bible school out at Island Grove Park. And our children's ministry director, Angie, is incredible, um, incredible organizer. Uh, Just what I'm seeing uh, taking place, our nursery director, Celeste, all those who are ministering to those kids, they teach kids, uh, they help with youth, uh, they minister in counseling other women, and, and that's what I believe that the Scriptures direct. I don't counsel women. I I think it's better for women to be counseling women. I think it's wise in that, And, and we have that set up here. So when it comes to the role of a pastor, we know that that's reserved for the men that God desires for, as he talks about, headship and authority in the church for it to be the men. And that does not mean that the man is better than the woman. It does not mean that the woman is inferior to the man. It does not mean that God loves the man over the woman. It doesn't mean any of those things. We're talking about roles that are in the church. And what happens is culture comes along and says, well, you know, that's outdated. No, if we need to believe that this is God's word, inspired by God, given to us by God— and we don't let culture influence us. We're to influence culture. But with that said, I want to say to men who are pastors, we have an awesome responsibility. It's kind of like uh, the role of a man who's the head of the wife in Ephesians chapter 5. There's Sometimes people don't like to hear that, but it's speaking about a role. It's speaking about responsibility, and the man has the responsibility to be the head of the family, the head of the wife. It does not mean, again, that the man is better than the wife. It's speaking of the responsibility that he has. And we know this, that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says that the head of man is Christ. The head of Christ is God. Um, it, does that mean that Jesus is inferior to the Father? No, it, it doesn't. It means that he humbled himself— And in humility and obedience, uh, he became a man and um, becoming a bondservant. And that's where the roles come in. We're all subject to God, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wife, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. And it means that husbands have an awesome responsibility of loving and cherishing their wife and serving their wife and loving her as Christ loves the church. As leaders in the church, we have an awesome responsibility as pastors to be loving the congregation and feeding them and serving them and sacrifice and time. It doesn't mean we lord over. It doesn't mean we rule over. It means that we're the servant of all. So I think that's where the confusion comes in, is the roles and responsibilities that we have. And I think the Bible's pretty clear on it.
4: Well, it did, some of my friends, when I uh, go to Bible study, they say that um, you know the, the scriptures that support women in uh, in the pulpit were the um, oh, what do I want to say, the admonition not to have women in the pul- pulpit um, was for that time and that congregation, the Ephesians or the the um, Thessalonians. It was for that time. It's not for this time.
3: Yeah and and that 's what they're they 're coming along and saying, "Well, culture has changed is what they 're doing, and the thing about it it doesn 't mean that women don 't have opportunity to teach. We have women here that teach at ladies' conferences, uh, perhaps when we do like a, a marriage conference that my wife Sue, will come alongside and help teach um, it doesn 't mean they don 't have a teaching role, but it, when it comes to the congregation on a Sunday morning behind the pulpit. And the the role and uh, responsibility of a shepherd of a of a pastor has been given over to um, you know um, to the males. That uh, Paul is writing that in First Timothy to the church. It wasn't based on culture. Um, it was based on God's word given to him. And so that's where I think there's a lot of pressure of well, women can be pastors and um, can they teach? Yeah, they they can teach it at certain um, you know uh, roles and responsibilities that they have. But when it comes to the role of a pastor, just shepherd, it is given to me what I see in Scripture as uh, the one who is the husband of one wife, or the one who is a male.
4: Oh, speaking of husband of one wife, is that husband of one wife living or one wife?
3: For a lifetime. Well, there's there's uh, th- debate on that. Uh, what happens if a pastor uh, is married and uh, he becomes, uh, you know, a widow? Uh, he can still pastor, I believe. Paul the apostle uh, was the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, pastor. Uh, he was the apostle in the early church. He was not married at the time that he was an apostle. I think where there's the debate is if a pastor goes through a divorce can he be mm. a, a pastor and uh-huh. you know that's where the debate comes in and what are the circumstances was was he young was he before he was a Christian um there's a number of factors that um his wife abandoned him uh, and so I think that we need to be careful and discerning in these things um as we look at it and and again, I want to emphasize that I respect so much the ministry of women in the church. It, it, what they We couldn't do what we do without them. And I think about in the scriptures, you have Aquila and Priscilla, that she was alongside her husband, and she was teaching. She was teaching Apollos, who was a great teacher in the church, brought him to Christ uh, alongside with Paul. Paul in Romans chapter 16, when he gives his greetings to the saints at Rome, that he gives a number of them um, greetings that are women and very much shows respect. And, and sometimes people will say, well, Paul didn't have respect for women because he wasn't married. Paul could have been married at some time. We don't know for sure. We know that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. There's some uh, record of uh, qualifications of a Pharisee during that time that perhaps they had to be married. And so Paul at one time could have been married. What happened to his wife? We don't know if he was. So those factors you think about. And um, But Paul very much had a respect for women, for their ministry. I do. Uh, they play an important role in teaching. But when it does come to that role in that position of an a overseer, uh, I believe that it's reserved for the men um, that are given to us in Scripture. So what
4: could be... The driving force behind these women wanting um, positions of, uh, well, I guess power. Or, well, I, th- you know, I
3: think I think it's culture. It, you know, it's culture that comes along and says that you know that was old. That's old school. Um, that was two thousand years ago. Culture has changed, and culture trying to uh, come in and influence the church when the church needs to be influencing. The culture. Second of all, I think it is sometimes seen as, and hopefully I've articulated it in some way, that because God has certain roles for men and women, uh, the authority in the church, the authority in the home, the leader in the home, that having that in some way it it puts the women in an inferior position or in the eyes of God or that it's saying that men are superior to women and suppress women. And that's not it at all. That's not an understanding of what Scripture has to say. And it's just talking about roles and responsibilities that we have. And women have a very important role and responsibility, but when it comes to the man, he's to be the head of the wife, the head of his home. That puts a lot of, of responsibility on us, because men, those of you who are listening, we are going to be held accountable for leading our homes and our wives and our children and we're to take that very seriously and if we are loving our wives as christ loved the church that we are cherishing her how did jesus love the church jesus loved the church in where he served he said i didn't come to be served but to be the servant of all he laid down his life for the church uh he was one that was full of compassion um and it was it's a joy for you and for me as Christ is the head of man, as, as we submit to him. And even as Ephesians 5 goes on to say before Paul goes into the roles of men and women or husbands and wives, that we submit to one another under the fear of God. We all submit to God, but then the roles, this is how we submit to him. To me, it's a joy to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I think you would probably say the same thing. And it should be a joy for a wife to submit to her husband who's seeking the Lord, loving her as Christ loves the church unconditionally, willing to lay down his life for his wife. And that's what God's intention is. And it's the same with the, the pastor, that he's to be the servant of all, be humble before the Lord, seeking the Lord, and willing to serve the church, not to rule over and you know, be all dictatorial. And, and Paul would say to the Corinthians, we're not here to rule over you. We're here to be helpers of your joy.
4: Okay, well, thank you, Pastor Jeff. That gave me more food for thought.
3: Yeah. And, you know, there would be some that disagree, but I I go with what the Bible says. I'm a simple Bible teacher. I believe what the Bible says, and I trust the Bible and what God's Word has declared. And he's the one—here's the thing—he's the one— that ordained the family, he's the one that ordained marriage, he's the one that is uh, the head of the church. So I'm going to trust him in the instructions and principles that he gives to us concerning those things. Amen? Amen.
4: Thank you so much.
3: You bet, Linda. God bless you. I appreciate your call. And enjoy okay. the the weather out there.
4: <laughs> I am.
3: <laughs> okay. Thank you very much.
4: Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. I believe we got all open lines three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the calling number. It's a question and it's a debate in the church today. And and you know the the qualifications. A faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober minded, good, good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. That is given to us, and uh, I believe God's word and and. Uh, and the Lord knows what he's doing, and he's given us his word. And um, But it's an awesome responsibility. Pastors, those of you who are out there, uh, husbands, the head of the wife, we are to do it in a way of humility. We are to do it in a way of serving uh, those that God has given to us and to seek uh, the Lord and to be humble before the Lord and, and to submit to him. So uh, as we're doing those roles, uh, God uh, will bless it in every way. Uh, got all open lines right now. 303 690 3000 is the call in number. The text line is 720 336 0897. Give me a call. Love to answer your questions. Love to pray with you. Perhaps you need prayer. Um, love to be able to encourage you in any way that uh, I can. And so uh, got all open lines right now. As I was saying to uh, Linda, uh, we've been doing a Vacation Bible School, a children's festival. Here, and I was tremendously blessed I am every year, but uh as a pastor to see all the people that have come out to serve uh the kids and um just those who have worked so hard, Angie our children's ministry director, awesome, just awesome uh um just servant of the Lord, serving those kids, putting it all together uh celeste nursery director just those who have come along melissa doing crafts she's worked so hard thank you melissa uh i think we had about 100 people out there with their t-shirts on helping with this children's festival and what also blessed me as well is the young and the old um and uh the the youth helping out to the elderly um the seniors uh it blessed me to see that's the body of christ uh, to see those who took off work, took vacation time, personal time, to be there and minister to the kids, I tell you what great is your reward, and Jesus would say a lot about kids, don't prevent them to come to me, don't forbid them um and he would say also that he who gives a cup of water to a child receives a great reward, and they're doing it because they love these kids, and it's so important that we get the gospel to them. It's so important that. We minister to them the truth of God's word because the world's coming along and giving them lies. And the world is coming along and just um, the weirdness of the world. So it's so important that we minister to our kids in the church. And we have just an incredible children's ministry um, and youth. And, and I'm just so blessed to be a part of it and the church coming together like it should and doing the work of the ministry. and And I feel like, you know, I had my role. Um, I, I just watching all this and being blessed by it. And uh, so there's one more day. Bring your kids at Island Grove Park, 930 tomorrow, for the final day of the Children's Festival. Just blessed to be able to serve those kids in that way. 303-690-3000. Again, Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley is the calling number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Michael in Denver. Hi, Michael.
2: Hi, hello. How are you best sir?
3: i'm good how are you
2: i'm good thank you for asking
3: mm-hmm. go ahead
2: um the reason why i was calling was because we have a young adult ministry that we have begun at our church and i was wondering what would be your uh word of encouragement as far as starting a young adult ministry and i know somewhere in the word it mentions being more accountable as a leader and a uh, as an encourager of the word to others, um, yeah. is that true that we're we're considered more accountable because we yeah. you know
3: James says don't many of you desire to be teachers because you'll be held at a higher judgment, and it's an awesome responsibility to teach the Word of God um and we are to do it accurately we're to be a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the, the word of truth, Paul writing that some of the last words of Paul that we have in the New Testament. So it's important what it is that we teach because we're given the oracles of God. We're given the truth of God, so we will be held at a a stricter judgment, a higher judgment. And that's not only with God, but also secondary application is with others. You know, I'm on the radio here. Um, I'm on the the radio program six days a week, even Sunday and during the weekdays. I teach every Sunday. I, I do... Sometimes conferences, I do other things, and I'm going to be held accountable what I say to others as well. There are going to be those who are going to hear it, and there are going to be those who are going to be taken in the Word of God. And so it's an awesome responsibility, but it's such a privilege to be able to teach the Word of God. So my advice, Michael, is be a student of the Word and um, don't complicate it. I think sometimes people, when they teach, they want to complicate it, or they start getting into, you know, just some some weird things or difficult things. Be sure that you're reading your Bible. Be sure that you're learning from those who are sound biblical teachers, and uh, you hear them on Grace FM here. Um, good Bible teachers, and to be able to relay that message to others, and don't complicate it, but to be able to speak the truth in love, and that's the other part of it. Is being a teacher when when I first started teaching it was such an overwhelming thing uh, to teach through a book, and I really focused on kind of the academics of it. Uh, But now, uh, you know, over the years, thirty years of ministry, it's teaching in the environment of love and just uh, desiring for people to hear from the Lord. Not a lot of stories. I don't tell a lot of stories. I don't tell a lot of jokes. I, I I don't mess around in the pulpit but I want them to go away and say that we heard from the Lord. We heard from the Lord, and it should bring edification, comfort, and encouragement to others as we go through the Word of God. It will bring um, correction to them oftentimes, uh, but as long as it is correction that is from the Word of God and it is conviction that's coming from the Holy Spirit, that is a good thing. We need that, and to... Not make excuses for the Word of God, uh, not to make um, excuses for the gospel or ignore it, or to try to dismiss it, but simply teach the Word of God is what you are to do. And teach it in love, and teach it in a way that it touches their hearts. And they can make application, not just the implication, but the application as well.
2: I see. Okay, that was very helpful. Thanks so much.
3: Yeah, teach, you know, and enjoy it. and Pastor Chuck Smith used to tell us at pastors' conferences, put the cookies where the kids can get to them. In other, in other words, don't make it so complicated. And when you're teaching, if you don't understand what you're teaching, then the people aren't going to understand. And I, I've talked to a few that they, they're, they're going to come up with this deep, you know, philosophical, theological sermon, and they're like, ah, you, they don't even understand what they're saying. Um, And I believe Bible study should be intelligent, uh, definitely. But if you don't understand it, then they're not going to understand it. And just put the cookies where the kids can get to them. And it doesn't mean it has to be watered down, um, just boring. I don't think Bible study should be boring. But just going through the Scriptures, what does it say? This is what God has to say, and this is how we can apply it in our lives— and then let the Holy Spirit do the work of teaching and admonishing and convicting the people as they hear it.
2: Okay, thank you. So then that means you're a firm believer of as long as we deliver the Word in a, in a heartfelt way and proper way, the yeah. Holy Spirit will just do the
3: rest. Yeah, and we need the Holy Spirit to do the rest. It's not a fleshly kind of thing. And I've learned right. that every time that I get behind the pulpit, I go with fear and trembling, wanting to present the <laughs> Word of God, Uh, accurately, and then I want to let the Holy Spirit do the work in the hearts of the people. And Jesus would say, and this is interesting because, Michael, sometimes people will come and they'll say, hey, you know, hey, uh, are you a spirit-filled church? And it's like, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, do you speak in tongues and all this? Jesus said, the words that I give to you are spirit and truth. And I can't think of a more spirit-filled service than speaking the Word of God and giving the Word of God to people, and that's what we're to do. So, you know, teach it, and be a student, and teach it in love, and let the Holy Spirit do the work in the hearts of those that you're ministering to.
2: Okay, thank you.
3: Father, I pray for Michael as we're getting ready to go to break. I pray that you would bless him, anoint him um, as he teaches, and just use him in his ministry to bring forth the Word to these young adults. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Michael. Let us know how it's going, okay? God bless you. Thank you. You bet. Hey, all open lines, we're going to go to break here, so give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. All open lines, call me, and uh, maybe you've been wanting to call. This is the time to do it. We'll be right back on the other side of the break.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Greeley, Colorado. I pastor the Calvary Chapel here. We are in our 28th year of ministry. It's gone by so fast, so blessed. Such a privilege to be up here in this community in Northern Colorado, uh, to be with you on Mondays and Tuesdays as I host Calvary Live. I very much am thankful for the uh, staff there at Grace FM and all they do to put the show together. Pastor Ed, uh, my good friend, I'm very grateful to him and how God has used him in so many ways. And uh, part of that is the radio program and having the privilege to have a uh, radio program here that is twice a day uh, on Grace FM to be able to do Calvary Live. I'm very, very grateful and, and just to be a small part of your life and to be able to minister to you. So we want to continue to do that. And uh, we got an open line 303-690-3000 is that calling number. And the text line is 720 897 So I'd love to be able to talk to you and encourage you in any way that I can and uh, so we are just real quick to remind you that uh, we got a final day at Island Grove Park for those of you in Greeley. Take your kids there—five-year-olds through twelve-year-olds—is an incredible ch- children's festival. And I know that we'll be tremendously blessed. We've had kids give their hearts to the Lord, um, come to the Lord. The gospel is easy enough for a child to to understand it. And so we're just blessed to be out here and to be doing this outreach to our community. Children need to hear the gospel. Children need to hear about the truth of Jesus Christ and that God created them and loves them and sent a son to die for them and has a wonderful plan for them. And so I'd love for you to be able to call um, and uh, or to come out to the park. Call today. We're going to go to phone lines. Let's go to Victoria in Pennsylvania. Hi, Victoria. Victoria, are you there? Hi, Victoria. Hello. How are you?
4: Good. How about you?
3: I'm good. You're on Calvary Live.
4: Yes. So I actually have a prayer request. Okay. I have been dealing with um, fear of what other people think and also um, just being distracted by things and not walking in the right direction.
3: Okay. Yeah. And I want, I want to encourage you, Victoria, and I just might mute you a little bit because we got a lot of background uh, noise, but I want you to stay on the line because what you're experiencing is, and what you're going through is what a lot of people uh, are going through, particularly young people, is the fear of man, what other people think. um, And, you know, am I going to have any friends? And I, I want you to, to know this, that the Bible speaks of that, you know. Paul would speak about um, the the fear of man. He says that uh, that if I feared man, I can't be a bond of Jesus Christ. And there can be a lot of pressure, especially in our day and in our culture today, and especially among young people, that if I live for the Lord and I let people know that, they're going to think I'm some kind of Jesus freak, and that you know I'm weird and I'm not going to have any friends. But here's the thing. Jesus came along and said that um, that I came to bring a sword uh, between mother, uh, daughter, between father, son. Uh, he said that I've come to bring a sword because there's going to be separation. And there is a decision that you're going to have to make, Victoria, of whether you're going to be ashamed of the gospel or you're going to be one that's going to live for the gospel. Um, is Christ, you're going to be one that is going to pick up your cross and follow after him and not be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the Lord, is what I'm trying to tell you, Victoria. Listen, he loves you so much. He died for you. He sent his only son to die for you because of his love for you. And he saved you. So don't be ashamed of that. And it's the fear of man that is a snare. And the enemy is going to come along. And try to just make you think that, you know, hey, if if you don't stand for the Lord, uh, you're just going to have a a boring life, no friends. And yeah, there is going to be some separation uh, from those who want to live for the world. But listen, live for Christ. Live for Christ. Number two, you go to him and ask him to give you the courage because it takes courage these days to live for him. And then be in fellowship with other believers, with other young people that you can build those healthy relationships with that will encourage you and pray for you. And uh, I have four children that are in their 20s, and I've always encouraged them. My youngest one just graduated from a uh, major university. He was involved in a campus ministry. He had good friends, and there was a lot of attack up there on campus, uh, a lot you know, Um, It's not the godliest place to be, but Victoria, look to the Lord, trust him, say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Let him be preeminent in your life and die to self, pick up your cross and follow after him. There is a cost of being a disciple, but I'll tell you what, you're going to miss out if you live for the world, and you're going to miss out if you decide that I'm going to compromise Um, we can't compromise. We, We can't be a secret Christian all the time. We need to be a light to others, and don't be afraid to let others know that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And God wants to use you, and he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. Did you hear me, Victoria? Yes. Did that encourage you? It did. You know, live for him you know live for christ and i know that feeling there were times in my life where i was kind of afraid and let me tell you a story and um you know i've been a chaplain for the sheriff's office here for 20 years uh, over 20 years now and i remember when i first would pray in public i was kind of afraid i had even a couple pastors said you can't pray in Jesus' name. You can't pray in Jesus' name. You're going to offend others. And there was that fear of man that was there. And I remember the first time I prayed, I I just said amen, and I didn't pray in Jesus' name. And I was so convicted of that. Uh, I remember I was out in the, in the trash bin. It was kind of overflowing, so I was stomping it down. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, I should be in this trash can. You know, I'm just worthless, Lord. And I, I was convicted, and I said, no more, Lord. No more am I going to be ashamed to pray in Jesus' name, to speak Jesus, to speak the gospel. Um, And I tell you what, um, that was a good decision that I made because I knew that I could not serve the Lord truly, uh, be a light to others truly, um, be dedicated to the Lord truly, um, share the gospel truly if I had a fear of man. And it's the same with you. So the Lord loves you. He wants to use you. Trust him. And you may be persecuted. You may lose some relationships. I'm just being honest with you, or relationships may be strained, but the Lord wants to bring you into the family of God and to do a work in you and to bless you and to strengthen you, and that's why I, you know, I do want to pray for you, Victoria. Live for Christ. Uh, live for Him. Don't don't fear, man. Um, and I know it's a drag and it's difficult at times, but Lord, I do pray for Victoria. I just pray that you would help her to be strong in you to pick up her cross, dying to self, and to follow after you. And Lord, we know that um, there are people that we may lose relationships with. I know people that have lost relationship with their own family members. But Lord, we belong to the family of God, and we belong to you, and you desire to use us to be light. So help Victoria to walk with you, to know you, to, to give her courage that she needs, just um, to have some good relationships uh, with others that are Christians. And, Lord, to boldly say, I want to follow you, Lord, and that to know that the fear of man is a snare. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray these things for her. And, and I just pray that your hand would be upon her. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Victoria. Thank okay. you. You bet. God bless you. Stay in touch, okay?
4: Sounds
3: good. You bet. Listen, that, that's something, Victoria's not alone. You know, it can be something that we can wrestle with. What do people think? What do, you know, that person think? But please don't compromise. Um, let the Lord be preeminent in your life. Let him be the priority of your life uh, over all. And um, so you can be a light to others, that you can be used of him. And we need courage, and we need to pray for that courage. But don't fear man. If we fear man, even as Paul said, uh, we can't be bondservants of Jesus Christ. And I think of Paul when he was writing in Galatians that he said, you know, these guys that are pillars in the faith, he had to uh, address them. He had to confront them. He confronted them because they were compromising and not eating with Gentiles. And, and Paul said, makes no difference to me you know what their status is, men of reputation, um, because the foot of the cross is flat. And God does want to use us to be light to others. So live for him. Let him uh put that courage in you. And it does take courage today to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope that is an encouragement to you. Be in prayer. Uh ask others to pray for you. Have good relationships with others. S Y A emphasize I, I feel like I'm being redundant at times. Uh, here on the show. But be in a good Bible-believing church and be in fellowship with others. It's so important that we have brothers and sisters that will help us and and be there for us and have those relationships in Christ. Uh, So hopefully that speaks to to some of you and is helpful to you. Uh, We've gone from Victoria in Pennsylvania. Now we're going to go to Arthur in uh, Ohio. Hi, Arthur. How are you, I'm good. How are you doing?
2: Uh, you know, giving you another update again. Uh, uh-huh. I'm doing good. The job's going good. I had called a few times to have you pray for me for right. it. Yeah, I know. I got it, and it's working out. And I do still face difficulties as all, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing good at the job. The job's not the issue. Uh, I call for a prayer request because I've been drinking a lot, more than I ever have in my life, and uh, I've really – really don't want to go down that slope, or I don't want to continue on it, rather.
3: Yeah, and, you know, the the thing is, is, you know, going out can be a lot of stress. Going out in a new area, the job's going well, but listen, that alcohol's going to destroy you. That's what alcohol does. It's a destroyer, and I want to pray that you'll stop, and God will give you the strength to stop and repent and turn to Him. And he wants to do that work, Arthur. Are you in a fellowship? Are you in a church at all?
2: Uh, I was part of uh, a church in Lafayette, Colorado. Uh, Yeah, I can't can't find one
3: here. That find one. There, there's, there's believers, and it may not be what you're, you know, used to, but it's very important that you be with believers, that you be with other men that are going to be there.
2: Drinking has led me to. I mean, yeah. I haven't listened to a single Bible study. Usually I'm on the Calvary app every single day and I listen to at least one or two of no. Pastor Ed's. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't done it in
3: weeks. So here's here's one I want to pray for you, Arthur. You're in Ohio. You told me that God moved you out there, led you out there, and and He wouldn't leave you out there to just leave you as an orphan so there there's a group of believers there somewhere so you read your bible every day you start your day with the lord you ask him for help you repent of the drinking you turn to him listen you have the holy spirit of god in you and he will give you the power to be free from that and then you be with other believers you find a fellowship where you can go and be in bible study A men's study, a group of guys that will be there to pray for you, help you be accountable, to be there to listen to you, um, that you can trust. And that takes a little bit of time, but there's some decisions that you're going to have to make because if you're just working and you're not in fellowship, you're not reading your Bible, you're not um, getting prayed for, uh, you know, it's great that you're listening to radio. I think continue to do that and to good uh, Bible teaching. That's, that's, so important but it does not replace in being in fellowship with others and being with a group of believers and find a church where you can do that and it may be difficult give it time but have those relationships and read your bible and then repent turn from the drinking because it will destroy you and i've seen alcohol destroy so many people and so many families it's um, it's it's, sure. it's just bad news it just absolutely is bad news i and um, I know there's addiction, and I know it's hard, but the Lord, he will not give you a command unless he helps you to do that. His commandments are his enablements. And it sometimes it feels like it's very, very hard to do that. Do you know the story of the man in the synagogue when Jesus went in and he had a withered hand? Um, yes, sir. And Jesus said, stand up, stand in the midst, and he stood up. And then he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And that man, he couldn't do it on his own. I mean, he could have said, you know, the muscles are all, you know, shriveled up. You know, the nerves don't work. The bones, you know, are broken. I I can't stretch forth my hand. What do you mean stretch forth my hand? He could have stood there and made every excuse and argued with the Lord. But he heard the command of the Lord said, stretch it forth. And as he dared to stretch it forth— he was made whole. And as we make a decision, listen, as you make a decision, I believe the Lord's telling you, stand up. And I want you to step forward, and and I want you to stop drinking. Stretch it forth. And as you hear his voice, as you dare to do it, say, okay, Lord, I've heard the command, and and I'm going to stretch it forth. He's going to enable you to do that. And so that's where you're at right now. His commandments are His enablements for you, and He desires to do that healing work and for you to grow in Him. You're a, you belong to Him, and um, I pray that He will. I pray that you will make those decisions. Get rid of get rid of the alcohol. Don't be going to the bars. Don't be going. You know whatever it is. What Jesus said, if you got sin, deal with it. Um, if your hand causes you to sin, then cut it off. And He's not talking about mutilating your body. He's saying be radical about doing things, and you got decisions to make, and so I pray that you would do that. And the temptations will be strong. It'll be the battle with the flesh, but he desires to do that, that work. He's telling you, Arthur, stretch it forth right now. So, Father, I pray that he would. I pray for my brother that he would stop drinking from this point on, that you would just take away the temptation, that you bring healing, that, Lord, he knows that it's a destroyer. And, Lord, that he would begin to really look to you um, to empower him, to help him be free from this. And, Lord, that he would find fellowship, that he would be reading his Bible and call out to you and rely on you, that he would renew his mind, even as Paul said, to renew his mind with the things of the Lord. Meditate on those things that are are eternal. And, Lord, I pray that you would do this work in Arthur, that when he calls back, that he is just in a much better place. So, Lord, I pray for my brother. I know you love him and that he would find the fellowship he needs, the help that he needs, and that you would just free him um, from the alcohol and that you would put him in a place where he can be encouraged and built up uh, with the brethren. And, Lord, um It is you that will help him. So help him to stand up, stand forth, and stretch it out. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you so much, Pastor. You guys do such wonderful work. Thank you guys, all of you.
3: You bet, Arthur. All right. When you call back, I pray that, that, you know, call back for prayer for for any time. But I pray that you're just, you know, hey, God's working. Because you've made some. I have an alarm
2: set every day for what time you're on in Colorado. Every
3: day. Okay, good. Good, brother. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You bet. All right, let's go to South Carolina. Lakeisha? Lakeisha? Is it Lakeisha? Are you there?
1: Yes. Hello,
3: Lakeisha. How are you? (laughs)
1: I am blessed. How are you doing, sir?
3: I'm doing good. You're on Calvary Live.
1: Hey, um, I'm calling from North Charleston, South Carolina. We down here say hello. God bless you. It's always good Um, to hear
3: from you guys there in South Carolina. (laughs) We get a lot of calls from South Carolina. You guys are a blessing.
1: Oh, cool. That's good. That's good. I mean, ever since I've heard you guys, I really every time I'm in the car, I try my best to listen. It's just feels so good to know that we have precious light saints around the world.
3: Yeah, amen. So So what can we do for you?
1: Um, Yes. I was um, calling—well, first of all, I am also going to be requesting prayer because, um, as I was telling Frank, I had been sidelined for a little bit uh, due um, to—I had some illnesses, some challenges— that I literally had to take a step back from ministry, but I'm, but God has healed my body and restored me and I'm coming back. And yeah. I'll be honest, the enemy has been fighting me even more like crazy, but it doesn't matter what he's doing because I'm still going forward. Yeah. And, um, when you was talking earlier to the gentleman who was starting a youth group and, what, everything you were saying about how, you know, the culture and, and and with the previous caller, you literally blessed me so much, I literally started crying. Good. And Good. I was like, God, i got to call him, because I've been grieved about some things, and I was like, he has such wisdom that maybe he can give me some insight on how to handle it, and also how God can use me to be a, uh, a destroyer in the Spirit, to, to destroy this yoke in our churches down here that that spirit of compromise and contamination seems to be trying to look like it wants to take over, but we know it doesn't matter what it appears. We're going to stand on the word and call it, you know, call, call forth deliverance. But I was wondering maybe if God is giving you an insight as to why has this happened or, um, yeah I don't know why, how did this happen? And more importantly, you know, our fight is—you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. And the problem is it's not that we're dealing with sinners. With sinners, you expect this. But when you have to fight literally to the point with saints and, more well, importantly, yeah. leaders—
3: And it is it a likes- battle out there, Lashika, And, you know, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show, and I'm kind of getting the gist of what you're saying because it's a challenge. The challenge of returning to ministry, and first of all, I just want to say, you know, a very— um, thankful that the Lord had healed your body to where we need those who are going to be true to the Word of God. And you, you just be committed to that. And, and one of the verse that I was thinking of when you were talking was that uh, being confident of this very thing, that he has begun a good work in you will bring it to the uh, completion, uh, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. He's going to complete that work in you. So to me, that brings a lot of comfort to me because of the battle that's out there, and, and we live in a culture um, that is um, even has affected the church, where there is that compromise. But I would encourage you, while just a few minutes while we have uh, before the show ends, you know, go through Second Timothy. That was Paul's last letter to to Timothy, the last letter that we have in the New Testament. And it was a very difficult time. It, it was very difficult uh, persecution that was going on. Caesar Nero had uh rearrested Paul, thrown him into the Mandartine dungeon. It was an awful place. It was different than his first imprisonment, where he was under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. Here he was dumped into a pit, and th- there would be a little bit of straw in the corner, uh, a little spring of water, if you dare, drink from it, flowing through um it it just smelled it was awful and paul's writing to timothy and he says my departure is at hand and he's writing to timothy about uh ministry and that's why i encourage you to read it and he says you're asking why is it that it's that way he said know this that in the last days perilous times will come and he goes on and he says that there's going to be this misdirected love men lovers of themselves Uh, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's what you're describing to me. Um, And he goes on to say there's going to be counterfeits, um, those of corrupt minds disapproving concerning the faith. There are those who are always learning uh, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Those are the days in which we're living in. Paul, when he said that it's perilous times, is interesting. that, That word perilous is used one other time in the New Testament, that's in Matthew chapter 8, where he borrows it from Matthew, describing the demoniacs. In other words, fierce, very violent. We're seeing those days. And he goes on to say that those who live, um, desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He goes on to say that evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And then in his final words in chapter four, he says, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up from themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So Paul's warning against this, this is in the first century that this is the the culture they were in, it's the culture of the last days, it's the characteristics of the last days, so what is it that we do? Because I hear a lot in the church, how do we reach the culture? What do we do? What's the church all about? And I know that, um, that that's an important discussion, but I like what Paul says here, and this is for you. This is for you, Lakeisha. That he says, This is Timothy, you must continue in the things that you've learned and been assured of, knowing that where you have learned them from, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ, and all scriptures given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and in righteousness. This is what you do. You just keep giving the word of God. Keep giving them the Scriptures, continuing the Scriptures, the Word of God, because here's the thing, the Word of God is alive. It is alive, and it's powerful. And there's power in the Word of God, and there's power in the Gospel. Paul would say that I'm not ashamed of the Gospels, the power of God is salvation for all who believe. So all the noise out there, sometimes you just got to kind of put it aside and open up your Bibles as as you're ministering to others, and say this is what the word of God has to say. And you do it out of love. And you give them the word of God, continuing the scriptures, getting them in sound doctrine, and then praying for them and loving them. And we are in a day where um there's all kinds of voices and compromise and things like that. And I can be focused on that a lot of times. I want to be wise. And we are to test the spirits to see if they are of God, as John says. But my responsibility, the time that I have, is I just want to give people the Word of God like we're doing on this show, like Christian radio you hear uh, on Sundays as I teach Bible study, and I'm doing that. So I want to encourage you in that. Listen, he's going to complete that work in you. He'll perfect that which concerns you. David wrote that uh, you know, 3,000 years ago, and um, we can trust him with the word of God and let the word of God do the work in the hearts of the people and the word of God will not return void. So Lord, before we go off the air, I just want to pray for my sister in South Carolina. I thank you that you've touched her with, um, the program and as she is ministering that she would just simply give the scriptures, the word of God in love and, and let the word of God do its work in the hearts of the people because it is powerful. It's alive. Um, sharper than any two-edged sword, that you would use her to bring the wisdom of God's word and the love of Jesus Christ, and to be able to have a defense when she needs to, but to to know that you are going to use it um, and to trust in you and rest in you. I thank you for your healing for her uh, in her life and that you're desiring to use her. But we all—it's a battle out there. It is a battle. And even as Paul would write to Timothy in those last words, that you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And we are to be ones that we are to continue to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So bless her. I thank you for her. I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for today's show. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Sorry we didn't get to everybody, but you hear the music. God bless you. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.